Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Hey everyone, welcome home. It's great to have you here. We have another awesome home birth story for you today that I'm very excited to share. This is the precipitous end call 10 pound baby with Jessica Cotter. So I know you're interested with a title like that. (laughs) Just want to give you a couple of reminders and shout outs and things here. One, the home birth hub. If you have not checked it out yet, highly recommend you do so, especially if you are pregnant or plan to be pregnant soon and are planning for home birth. This is where you can get more home birth stories in written audio and video format. You can join us once a month for our Zoom call, as well as instant access to all of our downloadable resources, one of which we actually talk about briefly in this episode, and that is a workbook for preparing for your home birth. But included in that workbook is something that a addresses a very popular topic in the community and out there in the home birth world. I see it in all the Facebook groups and things that I, I jump in and out of. I see it in posts on social media and it's it's talked about um, one-to-one as well. And that is questions to ask a midwife, a potential midwife, or if you've even chosen your midwife, but you know want to get to know her better or have more conversations about making sure you're on the same page, making sure you're in alignment, making sure that you are getting the experience that you want and cultivating the relationship that you want and in what capacity. We have the most comprehensive list of questions to ask a midwife, again, potential or if you've already signed on to work with them, as well as a list for doulas and birth photographers. As an aside, want to throw that out there. But that's just something I see very commonly. What questions should I ask my midwife? And this is the master list. So, you know, you could take what you want from it. You could ask all of them, you know, whichever ones resonate most with you, whatever you want to do, but that is in there. And then we also have the workbook in a PDF format in which you can fill it out yourself, or you could print it out if you're like me and that's kind of your style, you know, actually writing things out, which I like to do. But that workbook is just one of the many resources that we have available for you to download instantly once you join the home birth hub and it's $12.99 a month. You know, we wanted it very simple, easy entry point for you to access and be a part of for however long works for you. You can cancel at any time. And I said other resources like our book, we have the audio version of our book in there as well. And it's a great supplement to the workbook. So they work together. So if you've read the book, then the workbook 
takes some of the things that we talk about in the book and gives you a chance to go through exercises, journaling, prompts, and things like that. Again, all in preparation for that mindset, that home birth mindset as we talk about here, the beliefs, intuition, resources, team, and habits, all that contribute to you creating your experience of your birth. So the links for that are in the show notes for you. Again, the Home Birth Hub, and it's on the Patreon platform. So it's super user-friendly and you can access it from the app on your phone or you can do the web-based version, again, on your phone or on you know your desktop, laptop, whatever. And if the Home Birth Hub is not for you right now based on where you are in your childbearing years or just you know where you're at, we do have an option to just support the show continuously, essentially buy us a cup of tea once a month. And that's just if you feel inspired to give back to the show to support and we roll that right into creating and expanding and bringing more resources and things on into this space to to keep bringing you all the things that we want to bring you. And the last thing that I'll mention, because I would be remiss if I didn't, if you have wanted to be on the podcast for a while, if you have wanted to share your home birth story, joining the hub gives you a fast pass, essentially, to being on the podcast. It gives you access to a submission form where we select three members of the hub for interview each month. So that's a definite perk. And if you've wanted to be on the show for a while, what are you waiting for? Come join us in the hub. We'd love to see you there. And last thing I want to share personally, you know, as we are pregnant here with baby number two and we're almost 18 weeks now, which is just crazy and exciting and beautiful and awesome. And we have more episode updates coming up talking about the pregnancy and our birth plans and things of that nature. And it's just also kind of crazy to think about. This is almost exactly the time that we switched over to our home birth journey from being on a hospital route. It was at this point in the pregnancy with Maya that we were making that shift. And so right now, you know, um, I'm in it. You know, we're in the second trimester. I'm feeling great. Uh, thank you for all the well wishes and all the questions and stuff we've been getting. But I just wanted to share kind of a lifesaver thing for me right now, especially for any of you out there pregnant as well. And depending on where you live in the world, if it is very hot where you live, like it is where we live, and I'm keeping my active lifestyle of, you know, walking, jogging, running, you know, exercising, things of that sort. And we went for a jog over the weekend and it was quite toasty over here and very humid. You could basically take a bite out of the air. And I noticed that in the past when I do a run like that, even not pregnant, I would have to drink so much water to kind of stay on top of not getting dehydrated and feeling some of the effects of that, whether it's a little bit of the fatigue, um, you know, super yellow pee or a little bit of a headache. And so what I did is as soon as we were done the run, I popped one of the needed hydration packs into my water gulped that down and then kept drinking water throughout the day. And I just noticed I didn't have any sort of, to use the term hangover, so to speak, like from the dehydration. That pack was awesome for refueling on those electrolytes and minerals and things that I had sweat out onto the street as we were going for our jog. So I want to throw it out there to you for you pregnant mamas out there, or even if you're not pregnant, these hydration packs are amazing for the heat for summer and just also for, you know, recovery, hydration, optimal, you know, all the things that you want. And we just love everybody over at Needed. We appreciate everything that they make. I'm taking all of their prenatal vitamins and I'm on their complete plan essentially as I'm preparing for you know, birth and postpartum. And so if you go to the website for Needed that's in our show notes, use the code D-I-A-H, you'll get 20% off of your order. So I highly recommend going to get those hydration packs because that's just my most recent experience. Um, but they also have sleep support, stress support, and all of the, the prenatal regimen that can support you in getting that optimal nutrition for you and baby in, you know, preconception pregnancy and postpartum and beyond. So I highly recommend you go check that out and special thanks to them for keeping me well hydrated this week. <laughs> okay, so this story, as I mentioned, precipitous and call 10-pound baby. A couple of things that we talk about. We talk about labor denial. That comes up every once in a while, doesn't it? We talk about hospital birth, epidural, surrender in birth, end call, three-hour labor, and a 10-pound baby. It's in the title, so that's what you're going to get. Quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll hear Jessica's story. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. 
Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much. Jessica, we're excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. We've already had some, some good laughs as we've been chit-chatting before hitting record. So thanks again for joining us on Doing It at Home. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming, but I'm glad it finally came around. Yes, we are here. We're here. And you've been listening for a while, right? Oh, so long. I mean, I, I went back, obviously, and listened to the beginning of your guys' podcast, but my daughter's going to be five in June. So I, I feel like I've been listening for four years. Yeah. Wow. Does that, does that sound? I, I'm not sure how long have you guys been on? It started in 2016. Oh, it'll be six years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Year. So like pretty much along with started, us. I, yeah. Wow. Well, thank yeah. you for sticking around that long. That's awesome. <laughs> Magical. It's so beautiful. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about you and your family. Uh, so I have two children. My daughter is going to be five in June, like I said, and she was a hospital birth, which got me started on the, the home birth path. And I'll get more into that as we go, obviously. But my son is a year and a half now, and he was, he was my magical home birth, the one that really healed it all. Oh, that's I love how you said yeah. that. And that's a theme. That's a, a pattern. I feel like you see a lot of how later births, whether it's second, third, fourth, you know, anything after the the first basically that can be healing. I love how you said that. And I'm sure there are many already who have perked ears, you know, to that concept, whether they're playing for that yeah. and they, they want this birth that they are now preparing for to be that, yeah. or they've recently had that. Um, I just feel like so many can relate to that. So I love that, that you're here now, as you said, like now is the moment. It's been a long time coming and now here you can share that with us. Um, yeah. So let's let's take a few steps back, I guess, and maybe you can share with us how home birth became something for you as an option, you know, how that was influenced by your first birth. Yeah. So with with my daughter, I actually I wanted I wasn't ready for a home birth at the time, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to give birth in a hospital. So I was looking at like home birth centers right. um, okay. with midwives outside of a hospital. Um, but at the time I was at a different job and I had Kaiser. So, and you know, my husband and I, we had kind of just started these new careers and um, we didn't want to, and we had just gotten married. So we didn't want to spend the money for a home birth mm. or this center and it would have been all out of pocket. So that right. was a huge determining factor as to why we didn't do it. Um, and I ended up having to give, not having, ultimately feeling like I had to give birth in a hospital. Mm -hmm. um, and so we did. And it was, it was fine. Like the nurses mostly were great. I got really lucky. And um, the nurse that spent the, the day with me my sister actually knew her from high school and my mm. sister was there at the birth. So it was like, like an extra connection for me. Mm. Um, so she was really awesome, but it still was not how I pictured it going. I wanted to do a natural birth. Um, I didn't want to do all these things. And let, let me back that up a little bit. Like when I first went into labor with her, um, my contraction started and I was doing fine at home. I was working through them and then my water broke and being a first time mom, I was kind of like, oh gosh, now I have to go to the hospital. Not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can still be many hours after your water breaks. Yeah. 
But anyway, so we rush down to the hospital, we get checked in and immediately everything shifts. You know, I was at home and I was laboring comfortably and I was able to like sit on my, my big yoga ball and kind of like breathe through every contraction and bear down like on my knees and push down with each contraction. And that was working for me. But at the hospital, I think I just got too much in my head and Mm. the environment, you know, you got the bright lights and the sounds and the machines and they, they put an IV in you and they hook you up with the belly monitor that they refused to take off. And I don't know, but it being my first kid, I didn't have the voice that like, I feel I have now. So I tried to be like, oh, I don't want this monitor or let's do it intermittently or let's, you know, give me one that is um, wireless. But they were very much like, no, 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 we have to do the IV. We have to put this on you. We don't have a like, it's not an option for you. So I just kind of like, you know, and you also you're in labor. You don't really have the fight to do it. That's not. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was all just kind of like, like made it stressful for me. And like, I went in there with, I want to have a natural birth. And the, the first nurse, when I arrived, she just was like, oh, okay, that's cute. Like, we'll see how it goes. Like very dismissive, very almost condescending. Um, And this is a different nurse than my sister's friend. Uh, Anyway, so the, the day goes on and ultimately they're just like, you're not progressing. Now we need to, you know, we got to give you Pitocin. And I was like, no, Pitocin is not what I want. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the doctor would come in and the doctor would be like, you're still not progressing. You're only at six centimeters. Like you, you've been there for 12 hours. You, we need to get this going. And it was just very pushy. And um, I ultimately ended up getting the epidural because they were saying that Pitocin is what I needed. And I was like, well, if we're going to do Pitocin, I'm going to get the epidural because I don't want to do Pitocin without like, this is already enough for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> yeah. I can't do more. Mm-hmm. So we got, we got the epidural and then, you know, hindsight, I should have had them check my, my cervix before because I was dilated. They put in the epidural and um, 30 minutes later, I was at nine and 25, like 9.25 mm-hmm. centimeters. Wow. So like I was ready to go and yeah. that for me, and it was all normal. This, this all sounds very normal for, for a hospital birth. Yeah. It wasn't traumatic. Nothing went wrong. She was healthy, but it's like, it didn't go as I wanted it to go. Yeah. And I like held on to a lot of anxiety and pressure on myself for giving up in a sense, like getting the epidural was like my giving up point. And I felt like disappointed in myself that I did that um so that's where like my home birth journey started was feeling like this disappointment could have been prevented had I maybe done more research and put my foot down a little bit more um and that's really what I did like from the moment I had my daughter like I started listening to your guys's podcasts and reading all the home birth books and talking to as many people as I could. Like I had a coworker at the time who had a multiple home births. So I like talked to her as much as I could and read books and blogs and, and I read all kinds of things. You know, I, I read what can go wrong, what can go great. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, sometimes people tell you like, don't, don't look at all the bad things that can happen. But for me, I needed to know what to look for and the risks that I was going to be taking and be okay with that mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah. and own it because it's, it can go wrong in the hospital. Yeah. Yep. It can go wrong at home. So it was like, I didn't want to be ignorant to something that, that, that could happen. Yeah. If that makes sense. It makes, makes total yeah, sense. It makes absolute sense. I know I know I just blabbered on no you (laughs) no you hit so many great points and every time I had a new question pop up in my head that I was thinking to ask you at the next stage you answered it and you hit it so well in terms of going back to what the shift was from home to hospital that affected 
like what you feel like affected you in terms of slowing down labor and things kind of stalling. And you hit that with, you know, the lighting to the monitoring and the hooking you up and the IVs and and just the general demeanor too and, and attitude towards towards you and, and the, the space that was held for you, so to speak. I mean, all of that factoring. And, you know, to your point of just because nothing went wrong, let's shift that being our benchmark of a successful birth yeah you know let's let's shift that that. (laughs) yeah that that took a long time for me to like internally heal myself and be like I didn't do anything wrong it was just the circumstances of being inside the hospital and yeah Yeah, and then to to make it even the language that's used like you're not progressing you know, like you're yeah. not progressing. And my you're response broken. to that is like, why do you think I'm not? Like, let's look <laughs> at all the measures you all have just taken and, yeah. you know, go figure. But And, and also to that point, mm-hmm. you know, we've heard so many stories of it just, it takes as long as it takes. Yeah. Man. You know, and the, and the doctor might have their idea of the timeline, but baby might have a different timeline. And so to come in yeah. and say, you aren't progressing, um, I could just, I, you know, I put myself in your shoes and can only imagine what that's like to hear that, to then be presented with all the different interventions. And then, oh yeah, like you mentioned earlier, you're also in labor right. and you're you're, <laughs> you're feeling all of those things that are coming up physically and emotionally. And um, yeah, I have a lot of compassion. Yeah. Yeah. There's just- it's, it's hard to think, you know, as you would not being in, like being in labor, you're just, you're in this primal zone mm-hmm. and yeah. you can't, think past your prefrontal cortex like it's just you are just bared down to your lizard brain mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> yes right? no absolutely it's not your job <laughs> at that point to be making calls on things yeah. you know that you're yeah. just not in that frame of mind for um yeah that's 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 real um i had a thought and it totally escaped my mind it had to do with the um oh the space that's being held for you and um, if you have no complications and no real appearance or 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 manifesting of risk, right? As a as a pregnant woman walking in and going through the labor experience, like this is where it's not a medical thing to be managed necessarily, but it's just it it's the mo of where you're going to be, of what institution, of what care provider you're in, you know. But this idea that there's now so much of you that has to be managed, like from putting things on you to putting things in you to beeping things and all that stuff. It's like, it's not the same as as being in there needing to get cancer cut out of your body. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a completely different circumstance, but I think it's just very much treated very similarly. And I think in yeah. lots of medical models, it's like with the MD, it's, it's they've got a hammer and everything's a nail. And yeah. I just, yeah, that's- And it's like the- <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> mostly, mostly the body will do it itself. Yeah. It mm-hmm. knows what it's doing and you just kind of need to like surrender to it. Yeah. Everyone was, needs to surrender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my mantra with my home birth was surrender, like just mm-hmm. letting go and letting, letting what, what may come happen. Yeah. Cause there's no point in fighting against it. You're just going to make it worse. <laughs> right. Right. Can you talk to us a little bit more about how you got to making the home birth decision? Yeah. I mean, like I kind of touched on, it all started with my daughter and my feeling of defeat within myself. And and that's not how I pictured it. And um, I just knew that if I was going to have a second one, home birth is what I wanted. And, um, you know, after my first, I had a lot of postpartum anxiety. It wasn't depression. It was just anxiety. All my, all my decisions were based on that. So living in that anxiety state, I wasn't sure I wanted another kid for a long time. Um, and then it wasn't until she was well over two that I finally came to terms with, okay, I can think about having another one now. And then a year later is when, um, we finally had him, but going back to the anxiety part, it was, it was something that I kind of channeled back into, even though I don't necessarily want to have a kid. This was my mind frame right after having her. 
I don't know that I want any more kids. I felt like I was very drawn to birth work. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to leave what, I, you know, what it is that I was doing at the time to become a birth worker because it just wasn't in the cards for us. Um, it's especially out here in the Bay area. It's, it's very saturated. So it's not something that I felt like I wanted to make a career of, but I wanted the knowledge to have it like to be able to, you know, help my friends if they wanted the help or um, just give advice to, to the ones that are in my, you know, circle, if you will. Cause a lot of my friends, you know, we're in that age where people are having babies and yeah. um, I was just very interested in it. And so I just kind of, that's where it started. And then once we finally decided um, that home birth was what we were going to do, before I even got pregnant, I started interviewing midwives. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Which That's was cool. uh, kind of odd for the midwives. They were like, wait, you're not pregnant? <laughs> oh, I would like, think no. they would be like, heck yeah, this is so great. That's what <laughs> I would proactive. think. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I also knew that the person that I wanted there, I wanted to feel completely comfortable with yes. somebody that I like clicked with and didn't make me feel uncomfortable or nervous in any way. So I did a few interviews with midwives before I was pregnant. And then, um, we actually got pregnant February of 2020. So it was like right before the pandemic started four or five weeks later is when like the whole world shut down mm-hmm. and boom, I'm pregnant. I was like, dang, yeah, <laughs> the timing of this. Yeah. Ooh, wee. So I, you know, I had a few midwives that I had narrowed it down to, to two. And then um, I had another interview with more midwives between the two of them. And really what got me is I had a conversation with the one I didn't choose. And she had a scenario because one of my questions was basically like, like, what was your how do you handle um, progression of things? And she basically told me that she would check my cervix and she would assess where I was at. And if, if that's not something that I was comfortable with, she would basically tell me why it was something I needed. And I was just kind of very put off by that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, I don't want somebody to, to tell me what I'm going to do. Like, yeah. that's why I, getting out of the medical establishment and doing this at home with a midwife because I don't want to be told what to do right so I ended up going with my wonderful midwives and um it is a team of two midwives it's Lael and Shannon and I actually found Shannon on Instagram um yeah, yeah and I followed her for over a year and she's she's just awesome and by the time I had my son, because um, usually they'll both show up for the birth, but Shannon was actually on vacation. So she wasn't able to make it for the birth. Okay. And it was Lael that came for the birth. Um, and they had brought on Nilo, which is their um, their doula. And so I kind of call her my bonus doula because mm. instead of Shannon coming, Nilo came. Oh. And it was it was amazing to be able to like, like I wish I had considered getting Mm. a doula just mm-hmm. because she was so spectacular and i mean i i didn't know that like a doula is what you need until i had it yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's awesome i want to yeah. go back i want to go back to a couple things first with your um the process of interviewing the midwives there's two things that stood out that i think is great for listeners to think about is you started early which gave you the time to interview multiple people should you know somebody not end up being who you wanted to go with. And so I think that's that's great to start early so that you know people don't have don't feel the pressure like oh this this next interview that I'm about to have better you know they better be the one. And then you asked great questions that uh, that really helped you to you know understand their style of care and see if it was would connect with you. So I think those two things starting early and the types of questions that you ask um, are great yeah. from what you shared. It sounds like that helped you to then narrow down and finally connect with uh, the midwifery group that you went with. Yeah, it, it was, you know, it's, it's a hindsight thing because I had had one kid and 
it wasn't what I wanted. I had time to prepare mentally for what I knew was the process of birth. Um, so I was able to better ask these questions. I didn't know these questions with my first because yeah. I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, you can, you can read all the books and you can watch all the videos and you can talk to people, but honestly, until you're there, it, it's so hard to wrap your head around what it actually is. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's magical. And it's, it's this thin veil of life and death that you're, you're standing at. So having somebody that you feel comfortable in their decision-making was, was key for me. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And the, the second thing I wanted to go back on was when you made the decision for home birth um, with your husband, did any, anything come up for him around choosing a home birth? Any fears, any apprehensions, any questions that you can remember? Um. No, not really. He he's very supportive. He um he couldn't make it to this, this interview today because because of work. But um, he was. I don't think he was nervous. I think he was just like, okay, you know, I get it. Like I saw you give birth to our daughter, and you were amazing. Like if home birth is gonna make you feel better, then I'm a hundred percent on board. Mm. So he never really, if he had any fears, he didn't tell me about them. <laughs> No, that's great. He was just very, very supportive. That's wonderful. That's great. Yeah. I have to do a quick plug because we've talked about, you know, great questions to ask your midwives. And that's something that comes up a lot in the community, especially for first timers or if home birth is, you know, it might be a second or third birth, but it's your first home birth. What questions do I ask my midwife? We have a really great comprehensive list of questions to ask not only midwife, but potential doula and potential birth photographer. Um, if you go that route too, in our doing it at home workbook, um, that's on our website and I'll put a link to that. But I, it's a very, very robust list that yeah, um, questions. Yeah. You'll, you'll definitely get everything tool. answered if you, uh, yeah, it'll, it, it hits yeah. all the, all the ends of the spectrum. So I just wanted to pop that in there for anyone who's like, okay, great. But what do I ask my midwife? Yeah. yeah Potential yeah. midwife. Um, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it's, yeah. it's one of those things where like I went out and I found, you know, all these lists and then I like cherry picked the ones that yeah, my, you know, yeah. that fits for your for personality. What I what's more, yeah. yeah, what's important to you? Yep, totally. Can you think of any other questions that you ask that you are are particularly happy that you ask those specific questions? Oh gosh, it was two years ago. Let me think. Try and get in that headspace. Um, I mean, I I ask the, a lot of general stuff like, what is their transfer rate and, um what what were the reasons for their transfers mm -hmm. uh i i asked what they do at birth so i was just curious how they they spend their time because there's a lot of time that like nobody is needed right True. you know for yeah. for anything and and it was really interesting to hear the answers to to just you know my my midwife was like well she's like i i think she said she like brings her her crochet and, and needle hook and, We've heard and that, she starts yeah. like yeah she, she either reads a book or she makes like a blanket <laughs> and i just like i liked it i was like okay that's that's homey like that yeah my mom does that kind of thing so like, <laughs> yeah that's great yeah let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk birth story it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Jessica, so how did we know labor was starting, or maybe there's an element of you don't really know it's starting because that happens with mamas out there, as we have heard commonly <laughs> on this show. <laughs> oh, man. So with my son, <laughs> I I was in denial. I was in huge denial that Hashtag I was in labor. labor denial. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I woke up. So that night uh, at like two or three in the morning, 
um, I felt a huge shift and I felt him go from, cause he was very high the whole pregnancy. He was never in between my pelvis. He was very high. And I could kind of feel that like his neck was like on a hip. And it always bothered me in my pregnancy that like he wasn't where he should be. And that night I felt him shift. Like it was a huge like turn and funk. And I was oh, like, wow. wow, that was a big movement. And it was very heavy in my pelvis. And then when I woke up that morning, it was like, you know, say goodbye to my husband. And I was like, hey, like there was this big shift in the middle of the night. I'm kind of having a little bit of labor pains. Like I think today's the day. And he's like, okay, should I stay home? I'm like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Go to work. <laughs> the baby will be here tonight. Like, it'll be fine. So he leaves. <laughs> and I get up and I get my daughter ready. And I take her to school. And I drop her off. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Like, I had all these things in my head that I, I wanted to do. And I wanted to cook this nice meal for myself and get like, you know, good carbohydrates in some protein and like, just have a really nice nutritious breakfast for the upcoming labor. Cause I knew I wasn't going to eat. <laughs> so I go to Safeway and I'm walking around Safeway and the contractions are coming and I'm timing them. So I've got an app and I'm keeping track and I'm walking through Safeway and, and I, and I get to this point where I, I can't walk. <laughs> I'm just like, like breathing through this contraction and I'm just holding my cart and I'm like, okay. And I like, it doesn't really dawn on me that I'm actually in pretty active labor. Like I'm like <laughs> two or three minutes apart at this point. Oh, wow. And so I send a, I'm in huge denial and it gets worse. <laughs> this is not, this is not the end of it. The denial goes deeper. I, <laughs> I send a screenshot to my husband and he works like 40 minutes away. And I was like, here's my contractions. Um, but we still have some time. And he sees it and he's like, he calls me immediately. He's like, Jess, no, like you're crazy. Stop. Where are you? Go home. He's like, no, you're in labor. This is ridiculous. You're less than four minutes apart. Like, he's like, I need to call the midwives. I need to call Amy. We need to get, we need to get everything going. Like, I was like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. It's going to be like 10 hours. <sighs> so I get my stuff at Safeway and I leave and I'm sitting in the car and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I don't think I have time to make breakfast. Like I'm, these are really like, <laughs> They're getting pretty strong. I'm just going to go to Jamba Juice and I'm just going to get like a, a power bowl. And I'm just going to eat like a really nutritious, like still, I had it in my head that I needed to eat like this nutritious <laughs> breakfast. So I go to Jamba Juice and I order and it's like, God, time is such a, a weird concept when you're in labor because mm. like everything felt like it was dragging on because I was focusing so much on these contractions but also ignoring them at the same time. It was, uh, I was just in this time warp. Can I, so I get my smoothie question? bowl. Can I, ask I a quick get question? home. What is, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but what no, is, no, please stop me. What is it like to be driving in a car and to have contraction? <laughs> oh, I hope you I know? never know. Like, uh, oh, I, I'm just God. imagining you in the grocery store and you have a contraction, so you stop. <laughs> And you're just breathing and people are going around you and whatnot. And you're just breathing. Yeah, people are ignoring me. Like, <laughs> but I even told the cashier, I was like, I think I'm in labor. And she's like looking at me like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I guess we're also in the middle of 2020 too, where people are just like, uh, that like, was true. no like, human contact, do your thing, business. lady. Was, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, everybody's all masked up. Yeah. You don't really go to the grocery store. Right. Oh, yeah. But things were starting to open. So Jamba Juice was open. But yeah, driving a car, it was, uh, it was fine. Everything mm. was fine. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine, it's fine. Like, was it cruise fine. control? It like, fine. That's just, control. wow, that's, that's amazing. I okay. was in huge denial. Wow. Huge denial. It's and such I a thing. Like, How, like, I remember calling... This denial thing, like it's such it's a thing. Real. We hear about it all the yeah. time. And oh, maybe that's part of what you're talking about. The the reptilian brain is like shifting over. And as it is, you're just like, 
No, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I, but we hear about it all <laughs> the time. Women who tell their husbands to go to work, women who go to work themselves, yeah. women who take on a big oh. task, like a meal or a it's thing, and they're just like, everything's the cool. Room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like big home improvement project or something. It's oh, wow. so real, and yet... It's oh. this like phenomena and and I don't think I don't think we've ever heard of anyone really snapping them out of it like even to your point your husband was like Jess no what are you doing but yeah. I think like the nature snaps you out of it eventually but I I have yet to hear someone in labor denial and another human has brought them out of it it's no. been like the process <laughs> brings them out of it and into the reality yeah, yeah. okay go ahead yeah You're at Jamba Juice yeah so- I, I called my mom and I was like, yeah, so I'm in labor because my work was taking Christmas photos that day. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it to the photo. Nope. Like, I'm not going to be able to come. I don't think it's a good idea. And it's like, mm, like nine o'clock, nine in the morning at this time. And I go home and I eat my smoothie bowl. And then my husband finally gets home at like 10, 15. And like the moment he got home is I think the moment I gave into it. And I was like, okay, I'm in labor now. Like things are happening. And I like was able to relax and I like took a deep breath and then actually focused on things. And that's when it like really came. So he got it. He was, he came home, he was in high gear. He already had the midwives like on the horn. They were on their way. My photographer was on her way (laughs) and I'm just in the bedroom, you know, breathing through my contractions and they're, coming on powerful and he's filling the tub (laughs) and then um once he fills it I immediately get into it and then my midwife shows up and it's like 11 30 at this point um and my contractions are, are still very strong they're like two minutes apart but it was so it was so different than my first one it mm. And this is where I go back to the whole like mantra of surrendering. I was just letting what happened, whatever my body was doing, it was just, it was in control. I was not. And I was just allowing it to happen. There was no fighting against it. It was just letting it take its course. And these contractions were so strong. I mean, I've listened to, you know, your guys' podcasts and listened to other people talk about how they didn't do any pushing, you know, yeah. the, the, ba- the body took over and pushed the baby out. Yeah. That's exactly what happened with me. And mm. it was the strangest feeling because with my first one, it was all coached pushing, you know, you get that, that purple face pushing. And with my son, it, it, there was none of that. Mm. I was not in control. I didn't push once. It was all like, my body was like, he's coming wow. <laughs> and we're doing this now. So it was, powerful and uh, such an odd sensation to not not bear down but my body do it itself mm-hmm. yep yeah <laughs> that's amazing so i'm in the water mm-hmm. and um my midwife she was she she checked to see like where he was and she could feel his his water is bulging and she told me to feel and wow that was a really cool feeling feeling mm-hmm. the because he came out on call and feeling the bag of waters, it was like a soft water balloon. It was wow. very like viscous and wow. I don't know, just a, an interesting feeling. Um, but his his head was really big and he was really big. And I was just like moan screaming. Like <laughs> my, bot- my body took over and pushed him out. And, uh, I remember at one point my midwife checked again to see how, like where his head was. And I was like, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> stop touching me. <laughs> and she's like, okay, okay, no problem. <laughs> and then like five minutes later, his head came out and then that's when things got a little interesting. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure if he had a shoulder dystocia mm-hmm. or if he was just in a bad position or if my body was like, my job here is done. Now it's your turn. Mm-hmm. But his head came out and that was it. No more contractions, no more urge to push. Wow. It was like, it was like my body just stopped and here I am in the water with his head out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
And I remember looking at my midwife and she's just calm, stoic, not really like showing anything. And I'm like, so how long do we wait here? Mm-hmm. She's like, she looks over at her watch and she's like, we'll give it another 30 seconds. And so we just kind of sit there and I, you know, just relaxing, kind of feeling at his ears because I can feel his, you know, his head's out and I feel his ears and kind of touch the top of his head lightly. And I look over at her and I'm like, so what now? She's like, you need to give me a big push. And I try and like, it was like my body had just given up. There was, I had nothing in there to push with. And so she actually had to go in and I think she had to push his collarbone or his shoulder. And then once she did that, then he came out very fast, Wow! but it was kind of a, like a scary, like I'm in the water and his head is out and there's nothing here. Mm -hmm. There's nothing going on. So, I mean, thank God I had a midwife because it was, it was pretty scary, Mm -hmm. but wow, it was so amazing. (laughs) I'm just so glad that she was there and she knew what to do and she stayed calm and definitely. Yeah. But I mean, overall labor was what, three hours? Cause he was born at like just after 12. Oh my goodness. So my, oh my. <laughs> three quick. hours, 10 pounds born with the, the sack. <laughs> wow. Okay. So she goes in and she, she pushes the, sh- the collarbone and just makes a little bit of space. And then he just, he slid right out after that. Yeah. And, and then he him? just, he just came out really quickly. You know, once, once wow. the shoulder is clear, then that, that body just slides right out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, but it was, it was a weird sensation to, to have somebody like essentially cause she, she went in and pushed him. But at the same time, if I remember correctly. I feel like she also maybe did an adjustment on the belly mm. to try and get him to move yeah. with mm. it. But I mean, whatever she did worked and, yeah. oh, and amazing. he came out. And so when he came out, who caught him? Oh, he was in the water. So he, just, oh, so he came um, out right into the she water. She pulled him out like immediately because mm-hmm. I think because he had been underwater for, you know, a minute. Yeah. Okay. Minute and a half. It, it was it was a long time. At yeah. least it felt like it. So she pulled it. She pulled him up out of the water and then immediately put him on me. And, you know, and then the doula like puts the blanket on and mm-hmm. everybody's just kind of like, like there's there's movement, but like also it's frozen in time because you're just holding this squishy little thing and and i didn't know the sex either so that was i I don't i don't know i sent i sent a photo this morning sorry i'm (laughs) but there's one photo where my face is like (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm just looking at my husband and i'm like there's this weird surprised face and that was because like i'm sitting there in the bathtub just like taking deep breaths holding him and my husband, who knew the sex, he was the only one who knew the sex. He was like, did you check? Have you seen? Do you know what it is? And I was just like, give me a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, am, <laughs> I am just enjoying this. Hold on. Mm-hmm. So I take my time and I just finally get to a point and I like lift his, his leg up. And that's when my photographer snapped my face, uh... <laughs> my, my surprise face, because I had no idea that it was a boy. I was almost convinced that he was going to be a girl. Cause I thought that the, um, the one ultrasound that I had during my pregnancy, I thought the ultrasound tech referred to the baby as a she. Oh, and so it. the whole time I was like, Oh my gosh, you ruined it for me. It's got, it's a girl. Not that it's a bad thing, but like, right. I just wanted to be a surprise. And it was, it was. A oh, huge surprise. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. Oh, gosh. And then here Amazing. you are. Was it that moment and then a series of moments after it in reflecting on this home birth that you, that healing kind of sunk in for you and you, you kind of recognized it as that, or, you know, was it a collection of moments or was it like this redemptive thing right there as you're holding your son? What was it that, that led you to relate to it as healing? I think just the the whole process overall, being able to choose my provider, right? I I was able to interview the midwife and the person that connected with me, um, choose where I was going to do it and choose who was going to be there. And, um, the lighting, like every, every detail was, was of my choosing. It wasn't. So all of those collectively were able to like pave over the, the pain 
the perceived pain that I had from my, my first birth. And I mean, yeah, birth is such a powerful time anyway, but having him at home in a bath, you know, like a, a, a birthing pool and just, yeah, it was just everything, all of it from start to finish to end. And it was, you know, I got out of the tub and I laid in my bed and I didn't move for another two weeks. Like it was, I didn't have to get up and, and pee immediately, or I didn't have an IV taken out or it was all very hands-off and calm. And I ate like a nice chicken noodle soup after, and and it wasn't hospital food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Everything, just everything, all of it. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I love how you said that everything, you know, to the beginning of it. What was it like when your daughter met her brother? Uh, so we had talked about having her at the birth and had he come in the middle of the night, she would have obviously been there and that wouldn't have been an issue. I was okay with it. Um, it just kind of worked out that, you know, I was in denial and took her to daycare anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but when she, my husband went and picked her up from school and, uh, you know, we kind of did like a little, a little thing for her. Like we got her some balloons and, um, like a little gift for her. Cause we, we knew that like now there was going to be this huge shift, yeah. um, away from her essentially like being the only child and yeah. there's a brand new baby and that, that comes with a lot of processing for her. So we, you know, tried to make it special for her and she was very excited. But also disappointed because she wanted a sister. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I get it. She to funny. this day still talks about she wishes Jason was a sister. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I can, I'm, I'm like, I can understand yeah, it. Well, <laughs> we hear you. Can't <laughs> yeah. yeah, but she was very excited. She wanted to hold him and touch him and kiss him. And oh, yeah, that's so sweet. <laughs> Jessica, wow. this has been incredible. I'm so grateful to you. I'm so happy this this moment came to fruition and we could talk and you could share. Um, there's so many great lessons and, and key points, I feel like, to pull from your story that so many can relate to, learn from. Um, you know, like you talked about that hindsight and what could have been prevented. I feel like, oh, well, I know more stories like this help to prevent the things that you know, so many are able to do. And so then as a result, don't experience things that, you know, you don't even know what you didn't experience because you were able to circumvent it because mm-hmm. of the the knowledge and the experience that we're able to share here and the wisdom. So I'm so grateful to you for adding to that and for being here. Much love to you and your family. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate you guys. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.